Father, we honor you this morning. We thank you for what you've done in us, God, what you're continuing to do in us. Father, I thank you that as pastor brings the word, God, that you would speak through him, God, that you would move through this place, God, and capture our hearts. Father, that we would not take this word lightly, God, but that we would let it resonate within us as we go about our weeks. I thank you, God, that you are working within us, God, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful, the work that you're doing. So, God, we come to you with an open heart, with open ears, and with open eyes to receive what you have to say to us this morning. So we thank you for the word, God, and I thank you for speaking through Pastor. And we give you the glory, the honor, the praise for what you've done, what you're going to do, and what you're continuing to do, even behind the scenes when we don't understand, God. I thank you for your faithfulness, God. And so we just thank you for all of these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. You may be seated, Ariana. Thank you. Uh, we have uh, just some really exciting things happening. Uh, we are going to be going to a full live worship experience here at the, uh, the beginning of next month. And uh, so we're going to have a full band. So we're really excited about that. Hopefully I can hang on to my sticks when we do. <laughs> I think just flew out of my hand. I'm like, oh. But anyway, we're really excited about the things that God is doing yeah. here. And uh Ariana is going to continue to stay on here and, and uh, help with the, the worship team. And so, uh, anyway, just some wonderful things. And, and I want to say thanks to all of you. Thanks for you that are visiting for the first time. We're glad to have you. And, and happy Independence Day. Man, one nation under God, right? Uh, we're claiming that. Stay focused on God. At this time, I'd like to release the Warrior Youth. You're welcome to go back. Let's get started. Um, Last week, I taught on speaking in tongues versus prophecy, and I think this is week, what is this, week 13 in this series, and uh, I've been kind of laying this foundation, and last week and this week is where I'm really excited about getting to, and so if you've missed any of those sermons, I encourage you to go back online and listen to those, because it's kind of laying the foundation for where we are and where we're going. The gifts from the Holy Spirit are very important for our life today. And however, God's greatest gift is Christ. So we, we're talking about the gifts, and those are important. Those are of great value. They're helpful to us, but the greatest gift is Christ. And I want to talk about a couple of scriptures that we've been talking about, especially this first one, for um, since the inception of Life Fellowship. But... It's a, Ephesians 2 eight. God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. So God's greatest gift to us is Christ. And then also in Romans 6.23 it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So let's never forget that it's all about Him. And uh, there, <clears throat> there are people that uh, forget that, I think, sometimes. They focus on the gift, and they forget about the giver. So let's never lose sight of what this is all about. It's about an intimate relationship with the Lord. And so that's why God gives us gifts. Do you remember our, our mission statement? I know you do. Our mission statement of Life Fellowship is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. So everything that we do is to drive us for a, to, towards a deeper, more personal, intimate relationship with Him. So starting back in the youth, or starting back in children's ministry, everything that we do. So that's why we encourage you to come on Sunday morning. That's why we encourage you to come to the women's group next Tuesday, and the men's group the following Tuesday, and stay connected. And, and when we start our Bible study again 
in August, I, I, I hope that you will be participating in that. It's, it's good stuff. So that we're equipped, trained, and prepared to go out and share the love of Christ. So we are filled. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you may have life in abundance. So we want to walk in that abundant life. And part of walking that, in that abundance is, is the gifts of the, the Spirit that God wants to give us so that we can walk in those things. So, this morning's topic is prophecy, speaking in tongues, and a prayer language. I think speaking in tongues and prophecy are two, two things that people get mixed up on and causes such division in the church. And I think also a prayer language, what I'm going to talk about this morning, is another area. I think people get speaking in tongues and, and a prayer language mixed up. And I think they're two very different things. So I'm going to be talking about that this morning. Um, my first point this morning is God's gifts benefit us. Okay, and I know that there are really kind of like three camps in, in the Christian arena today. There's those that, uh, that, that embrace the gifts of the Spirit, but maybe they're out of balance. And, and I've seen and heard about some weird and kooky things. And uh, God is a God of order, and I'm going to talk more about that next week. But, but there are those people that they're just kind of, you know, you're like, what? I don't understand that. And so then the other extreme of that is you have people that say, listen, we've seen those other guys and what they, what they act like. We don't want anything to do with that. And so they'll throw out. They'll throw out the Holy Spirit. Now we'll talk about God the Father, uh, God the Son, but that Holy Spirit's like that, that drunk uncle that shows up at, at Christmas time and nobody wants to have anything to do with him. And then there is the camp that we're in where there's a balance. It's like, okay, listen, we want to receive everything that the Lord has for us, but in order, in, in proper understanding of what that looks like and how to apply and use the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to us. But let's not throw out the baby with the bathwater. I mean, I've used this example before. I think it's really good. I've had a bad steak, but I'm not going to quit eating steak. So let's not throw out the baby with the bathwater. Let's receive everything that the Lord has for us. So God's gifts benefit us. We're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 and 11. We've already been talking about these, but I want to just touch on them again. And then we'll be drilling down in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 10 through 25. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, Regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. So Paul is writing to the early church, and he's saying, Hey, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you about some things here in this letter that I'm writing to you, and I want you to understand this. You're asking about the special abilities that the Spirit of God gives. Okay, I'm going to teach you on this, but I don't want you to misunderstand this. And uh, then he goes on to say in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, again, verse 11, he says, it is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. And so it's up to the Holy Spirit. So if somebody says, well, you need to have this kind of gift, or you need to, you're, you're supposed to have this kind of gift. Well, wait a minute. The Word says that God distributes those gifts as He determines. Now I'm going to talk about a prayer language. I think that God desires that all of us have a prayer language. And some of you may not know what that is, or some of you may be confused on what that looks like. Um, and, and we've read already in, in Corinthians here where Paul says, you should all desire to prophesy. 
And, and prophecy, we talked about that, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. If, if you missed that teaching on prophecy, go back and listen last week or the week before. But prophecy is proclaiming the things of God. That we would be the people of God, infused with the love of God, the, the power of God, the Word of God, that we would be dispensers of His truth and His love. And so, you know, that, that's part of it. Okay. Let me move on here. The Lord gives us all the gifts, and He determines who receives what gift. The Lord has allowed me to pray for people that have been healed. God has had me pray for people, and they've been physically healed. Um, the Lord has spoken through me prophetically, where He's given me a word. And I think that there, I think that we could say that prophecy also means declaring the word of God. So I think sometimes on Sunday morning. There is words of prophecy going forth because God is speaking to your heart. God is placing something on my heart to dispense, to share with you. And so the, the word of God is a living word, and it may be touching Micheline one way, and Jason another way, and me another way. God has a way, His Holy Spirit has a way of touching and reaching into the deepest recesses of our hearts to bring health and healing and wholeness, and that we would experience the love of God. So God has, has given me words of prophecy where I have um, shared with, with someone, and I know that it's ha had a huge impact. I know that people have had words of prophecy for me, and I've talked about that already, how it's changed my life, how it's been a benchmark for me to hold on to. When that, that first word of prophecy that I got you know, 25 years ago, however long ago it was, that I was called to preach, that was a benchmark for me. And even though he told me it was 15 years down the road, it's something that I begin to ponder and I begin to think about and I, I kind of begin to prepare for. I'm like, God, if you're calling me to, to preach, man, I, I need to do some things in my life. I need you to fill me. I need to maybe change some of the, the things that I do in my life. So God will give us these things to help us, to help us grow. The Lord has given me special knowledge and revelation. Maybe there's something going on that I need to deal with, and, and I'll be praying, and God will just give me insight. It's amazing. And it's like, oh, now I understand. Now I know how to address this. God wants to speak to us. Jesus said, it's best that I go. He said, I know you don't understand this, but it's best that I go, that the Holy Spirit may come and lead you and guide you into all truth. So why wouldn't we want that? Why wouldn't we want the Lord giving us special revelation? And I've shared story after story with you guys how God has given me insight about a situation that I was going to be leaving a job or this was going to be happening or that God was calling us to start Life Fellowship Church. You know, so God will speak to us through His Holy Spirit. Man, let me be very clear. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives to empower us to walk in the fullness of life, to walk in the power and the anointing of God. I was thinking about this last night. I was thinking, when we get saved, we have Christ. We have eternal salvation. But we need the Holy Spirit. Have you ever tried to ride a bicycle with one pedal? I mean, you can do it, but it, it's a struggle. And, so as, and I'm not trying to say that we're missing anything when we receive Christ. Let me be clear. We receive uh, eternal salvation. We, we receive Christ in our hearts, and we receive all those things. But the Holy Spirit is what empowers us. It puts that second pedal on that bike so we can really go to town. So my point is really that we need the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives to lead us 
and guide us. Now, uh, I'll also say that the Lord has given me a prayer language that is very, very vital. And I remember when Christine and I started going, well, after we first got married, we were going to a church and we weren't really growing and there, there were some things there that just didn't seem to line up with the Word of God. So anyway, we ended up going to an Assemblies of God church and we got exposed to all kinds of things. The worship team was out of this world, man. Uh, I, I still have a good friend that plays guitar. He's the best guitar player I've ever heard. I mean, this guy's phenomenal. But you, you, you have music, and then you anoint that music in worship. And, man, I tell you, you just go to a whole other level. So we begin to experience things that we had never experienced before. And uh, there was a service one time, and, and they said, if you don't have a prayer language, come down front. And uh, we'll pray for you to get a prayer language. And so Christine and I went down, and they are telling us, just talk and just say words. And, you know, we tried, we tried and tried, and uh, it, nothing really happened. Well, I didn't think anything would really happen. And so we got home that night, and I, we were laying in bed. To tell you how long ago this was, we had a water bed. You know, <laughs> kind of moving around, and doing this thing. And uh, so we were laying there in our water bed, and uh, I said, honey, did anything happen tonight? I mean, did you feel like you got anything or got a prayer language? And she's like, no, not really. And I said, well, let's pray. Let's pray. So I began to pray. And I said, God, we pray for a prayer language. We desire that you would give us everything that you want us to have. And boom, it's like something broke. Have you ever taken a water balloon and smashed it against the wall? Something broke. And it's like it just began to flow out of us. Both of us simultaneously began to pray in this prayer language. And it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. And it has changed the dynamic of my relationship with the Lord. And I believe, and I'm gonna, I haven't gotten there yet, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I believe that God wants all of us to have a prayer language, that we connect with Him. It doesn't have, the thing, listen, the things of the Spirit of God don't have to be weird and kooky. You're not going to grab a mic at Walmart and start speaking in tongues or doing something crazy. You know, we always have control. That's one of the things. God has given us a will. And uh, so if you see people that are uh, spiritually weird and kooky, they were probably weird and kooky before that. All right? So, you know, if you, the Spirit of God is not going to glaze over your eyes and you're going to start walking around like a zombie and doing weird things. Now, I'm telling you all this because I don't want you to think I'm boasting. I'm not intending to boast at all because they all come from Him. You know what? If we will just yield our life to Him and allow Him to do whatever He wants, I'm simply saying if we will just... Be a vessel that he will work through and say, God, whatever you choose to do. If you want to speak a word of prophecy through me, I'll, I'm available. If you want me to pray for someone and you want to heal them, praise God, I'm good with that. Whatever you want to do, I'm willing to be a part of that and I'm willing to allow you to, to pour through my life. If you want me to go over and hug that person and just affirm them, and, and encourage them that, that you love them. I'm willing to do that. Listen, it's not always about all the spiritual gifts that we think about, speaking in tongues or prayer language or any of that. Sometimes it's just simply just being nice to someone. Sometimes it's just letting someone get on I-45. <laughs> okay, I'm preaching to me now. 
What, you've had two miles to get in this lane. Now you want to get over? Okay, all right, help me, Lord. Help me with patience. But as we yield to him, he can do whatever he chooses. It's, let me say this, too. It's a privilege and an honor to have the Lord work through our lives. It really is. And so those people that are leading teams, if, if you're serving on a team, if you're teaching children's ministry, that's important. It's a privilege and honor. God, you know that God is trusting us with those children. God is trusting us with the people that we're leading. That's a privilege and honor. And so let's never take that for granted because he can't choose someone else. Believe me, he can. So what is our heart? And I think these are the, the three characteristics and they're part of our our values, our values are love, prayer, obedience, humility, teachability, unity, and service. And I believe that when God finds somebody that's teachable, humble, and obedient, he will do amazing things to their lives. So let's just yield to the Lord and allow him to work through our lives as he chooses. He's God. We're not. Okay. So the Holy Spirit does this work, and it's for the glory of Jesus. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will testify of me or, or glorify me. Okay, let's go to 1 Corinthians 14.10. I'm going to start kind of where we left off last week, just to tie this all together. Remember, when we're reading these, these, uh, these books in the Bible, they were letters. So it wasn't chapter and verse. It was a continuous flow. It was a letter. And so Paul is writing to the early church of Corinth, and he's addressing some of the questions that they had. And he's, he's bringing correction, and he's trying to train them up and teach them in the things of the Lord. And he's saying, listen, the special abilities the Holy Spirit gives, the Lord gives, I want you to understand this. I want you to not be confused. There was confusion 2,000 years ago when God poured out his Holy Spirit, and there's still confusion in the church today. And I don't think that's God, I know that's not God's heart, is that we would walk in the power and the anointing. Confusion does not come from God. And let me, let me share something else. Think about this. Okay, you have God, and you have the enemy of our soul, Satan. Now, who of those two would not want us to walk in the giftings that he gives us? It wouldn't be God. Who would try to say, to tell us, oh, you know, that Holy Spirit thing, that's, you know, if, if you get the Holy Spirit, or you have a prayer language, you're going to be acting crazy like, who would do that? The enemy would try to keep us from walking in the power, we talked about this word power, word dunamis, it means dynamite, that's where we get our word dynamite from, it means supernatural power. Who would want to keep us from that? Would God? No. And so listen, let's read the word of God, and let's be open to receive everything that he has for us. Alright, verse uh, 10 here. There are many languages in the world, and every language has a meaning. But if I don't understand a language, I will be a foreigner to someone who speaks it, and the one who speaks it will be a foreigner to me. And the same is true for you. Okay, uh, let's read on. In verse 12 continues, Since you are so eager to have the special abilities the Spirit gives, seek those that will strengthen the whole church. And so, our core scripture is found in Ephesians 4, 11-13. What does it say? And these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, for a, what? Equipping of the saints, so that we come into unity of our faith and knowledge of God's Son, so that we become mature in the Lord. And so, that, that's why God gives us the gifts, that we are built up, 
that we're strengthened, that we're fortified, that we're walking in the dunamis, dynamite, supernatural power of God, and that we can share the love of Christ with those who need Him. And so He may use the giftings. Listen, if there's somebody right in front of us that just needs a hug or just needs a, a, an encouraging word, if we're willing, the Lord will speak those things to us. And then we can go and do that. You never know, it might change someone's life. There have been people that have gotten a word from the Lord, not, thus saith the Lord, thy go for You know, not necessarily like that, just, hey man, you, you know, I, I've just, I, I really just felt impressed to tell you that God loves you. Man, I was, I was going home and I was going to get a gun and put it to my head right now. You, you don't know what that's done for my life. You never know the impact. Listen, God is giving us His Holy Spirit and giving us the gifts to do something with them. Not so that we have a plaque over our door or we have some title on our chest. So that we will go and fulfill the calling and the giftings that God has given us. So people will get saved. So we can grow in our relationship. We need to grow up and become mature believers. There are people that have been sitting in churches for decades that are still sucking on a bottle. Come on, man. You need to eat some spiritual steak. You need to grow up. You need to mature. You need to understand the Word of God. And so Paul is saying in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 1, he's saying, listen, these special abilities are good. I want you to understand how, how they work. I want you to understand how to apply the, the Word of God and how to use the giftings of God. Not to push people away, but to draw them to me. To draw them into a relationship. Verse 12 continues here. Since you are so eager to have the special abilities the Spirit gives, seek those that will strengthen the entire church. So anyone who speaks in tongues should pray also for the ability to interpret what has been said. It's like I, I talked about an example last week. If you're unclear on what's being said, how will it benefit you? And I gave the example, I was talking to Chris, you know, and, and, and so, listen, if we don't understand the Word of God, or if we don't understand what's being spoken to us, how do we benefit? And so I talked about that last week, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time there. Uh, it's better, he says, that you should prophesy. I'm getting ahead of myself again. I'm so fired up. I love this message. I love this. You know, I, I think that this is something that needs to be taught in the church and is not taught in the church. I think a lot, a lot of Christians avoid this whole issue. Uh, you know, we just don't want to go there. Let's go there. Come on. Let's get into the Word of God. And uh, let's write, the Word says that we need to rightly divide the Word of truth. Understanding what the Word of God says. It's not about this weird and kookiness. It's about connecting with Him, having a greater, more personal, intimate relationship with Him. All right. Okay, so my first point is God's gifts benefit us. Not only us, I guess I could expand this point, they benefit others as well. When we're walking in the giftings of God and when we're following the Lord, it benefits other people. Spouses say amen. Amen. All right. My second point is a prayer language builds us up personally. Okay. Uh, this is kind of where I left off last week and where we're starting today. Now, Paul begins to drill down on how we can personally become more intimate with the Lord. And let me be clear, at Life Fellowship, that is our goal. That is our target, is that we would all grow into a more intimate relationship with Him. Because when we, you know, that's what it's all about. At the end of the day, it's not going to matter, oh, well, I was a preacher, I was this, I was that, I had this much. That doesn't matter. 
what matters is your relationship with the Lord. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in tongues, okay, if I pray, it doesn't mean, let me stop here. I think that means two things. If I choose to pray, or if I have a prayer language, okay? So let's read on it. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. My spirit is praying when I begin to pray in tongues or, or have a prayer language. Um, let's go to Jude. It's the next to the last book in the New Testament. In the, uh, it's, it's right at the end of the Bible. Jude 17. You'll notice there's not a chapter there because there's only one chapter. So it's Jude chapter, I mean, verse 17 through 21. But you, my dear friends... Well, let me give you a little bit of background on Jude before I go there. Jude was a brother to Jesus, and uh, who also, they had a brother, Jesus had a brother named James, who was not the Apostle James, but who wrote the book of James. And so, Jesus was, you know, Jude's older brother. So, let's read what he says here in um, verse 17. But you, my dear friends, must remember what the Apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ said. And when I read that, I thought that's really interesting because Jude has made the connection now that Jesus wasn't just his older brother. He was the Lord Jesus. He was the Messiah. And what is he saying here? He's saying, but you, my dear friends, must remember what the apostles, the disciples, the, the leaders, those that were following Jesus said of our Lord Jesus Christ. They told you in the last times there would be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. Now, we don't see that today, do we? <laughs> That's been going on, you know, since God created Adam and Eve, you know. Uh, once they sinned, they uh, disobeyed. Um, so, let me read this again. They told you in the last times there would be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. If you were here at the start of the series, you can go back. I spent some time laying the foundation on how to differentiate between godly desires and ungodly desires. And I talked about the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians 5, where it talks about the fruit or the results from our carnal nature, our fleshly nature. The first three are sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures. And then it goes on to talk about division and envy and you know, all these other things. There's a whole list there. And then um, it, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. You guys remember what those are. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So when we begin to look at our life, when we look in the mirror of our life, what are we seeing? Are we seeing the fruit of the Spirit resident in our life? Are we seeing the fruit from our carnal nature? So I drew a parallel there so that we could identify and so that we can know what we're walking in right now. What, what is this? Is this the fruit of the Spirit or is this the, the results of my carnal nature? Let me read the scripture again. They told you in the last times there would be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. Those people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. We're seeing churches, we're seeing individuals that are teaching ungodliness and saying it's okay. There's a scripture in the Bible that says in the in, uh, they will call in the end days they will call it evil good and good evil. And I never thought I would I never thought I would see that day. I thought that's ludicrous. You know how could somebody call the things of God evil and call evil good? 
we're there. You're right. Um, let me say this too, so you'll know my stance and where we stand as a church. Marriage is an institution created by God, one man and one woman. I mean, that's what the Bible says. Listen, so if you if you proclaim that to someone and they say, well, you're judging me. You know what your answer can be? I'm not judging you. That's God's word. And that's what God has decreed. I'm just coming into alignment with God's word. So if you've got a problem with his word, then maybe you need to take it up with him. But we need to stand firm on the word of God. We need, we need to quit compromising. And I'm not saying we as a church, but Christians need to, to stop compromising and carving out. And that's part of the problem in the church today. People will cherry pick. Oh, I like this. I like this. Oh, uh, that Holy Spirit thing. No, let's stay away from it. Or, you know, God has called us to live holy and righteous lives. And I'm not talking about performing. I'm talking about God transforming our life. Man, I'm so excited. I think I'm getting ahead of myself again. So let's take the Word of God. God's Word says that homosexuality is wrong. He doesn't say hate homosexuals. He says love them, but he says that lifestyle is wrong. And so God has set boundaries, and he says if you stay in these boundaries, it's good. If you step out, it's bad. God's Word says fornication is bad. Don't do it. Don't have sex outside of marriage. God's Word says don't have an adulterous affair. Why would we say don't do that, but it's okay to do this? God's Word says not to lie, not to gossip. His Word says to live a life that reflects His heart, that lives a life worthy of the calling that He has placed on our life. Again, we live in a performance-based society that says if you jump through these hoops and if you do all this stuff, then you're religious and you're good people go to heaven and bad people go to hell. The Bible doesn't say that. It says that we're saved by grace through faith when we believe not of our works that anyone should boast. And so what we consider good people and bad people, I think there's going to be a lot of bad people in heaven because they've accepted Christ. Listen, we've all been bad. You've been a bad kid at some point in time. And when we disobey God, we're being bad. And the, and the people that some we may think are good, they may be rotten on the inside. And what is God looking at? He's looking at our heart. Not the way we dress. Not all those kinds of things. He's looking at our heart. He's looking at, do I have a relationship with these people, with this person? And I think about the scripture that talks about, but Lord, Lord, we cast out demons in your names. We did signs and wonders. We did all these wonderful things. And I'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. That word know means to know experientially. People say, well, I believe in God. Big deal. The demons from hell believe in God. Amen. So do you have a relationship with him? That's the critical thing. Do you know him experientially? And we know him experientially by the power of the Holy Spirit, by spending time in the Word, by spending time in prayer, by communicating with him, allowing him to speak to our hearts. And we hear that small, still voice speaking to our hearts. It's not about a religious exercise. Oh, I've got to read this chapter today. No, it's about our heart and connecting with him. These people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. So we need to stand up for the Word of God. When people are taking the Word of God and twisting it, we can help them if we know the Word of God. And we don't have to you know, get into a fist fight and all that kind of stuff. Just begin to share the Word of God and say, well, let's go. 
let's read the word and see what it actually says and then help teach them in love. Because sometimes people allow traditions or doctrines or their own theologies or whatever to overrule what the Word of God says. Let's take the Word of God and let's just uh, understand what it's saying and then let's live it, okay? All right. Okay, you guys are kind of quiet right now. <laughs> so these people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. They follow their natural instincts because they do not have God's Spirit in them. Having a relationship with the Lord changes our hearts. And this is something that the Lord gave me, so I'm going to read this a couple of times. So you may want to write this down. I thought it was really good. A changed heart leads to changed actions as we commit to the Lord and allow Him to transform our life. Let me read that again. A changed heart leads to changed actions or behavior and we, as we commit to the Lord and allow Him to transform our life. And so what's one of the, the scriptures that we talked about so many times, uh, Romans 12 too, be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So as God transforms our stinking thinking and to come into alignment with His Word and understand that God really does love us, James 1 and 18, of all creation, I'm his prized possession, that I'm his masterpiece, that he really does want to have a relationship with me, that I'm saved by grace through faith, not of my works. It changes our life. And so we begin to come into alignment with the Word of God, and then we begin to understand, we begin to learn God's will for us, which is good and pleasing and perfect. We get, you know, some of us have been stuck in the mud, man. You're like throwing mud, you can't get any traction. As, as we begin to yield our life to God, God begins to speak to us. And He begins to share His will, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And we begin to walk in the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit. And we, we begin to, that passion for Him begins to grow. The passion for the lost begins to grow. Because why? Because He's done a change in our heart. Not because I put on a suit and tie and now I'm all Mr. Christian. But because God has done something in my life. He's done something in my heart. He's given me a passion for people that don't know Him. He's given me a passion for people that are hurting He's given me a passion for Him when I'm hurting that I can go to Him and be real and honest. God, I'm hurting right now. Sorry. Didn't mean to yell. <laughs> uh, you know, and so that comes from an authentic relationship with Him. Yeah. Ephesians 2 eight. God saved you by His grace when you believe. You can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Our relationship is not based on performance. It's based on God's grace. And we just simply receive it. Jude 20. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. And let's look at what Jude says. He says, pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. He goes on to say, And await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourselves safe in God's love. Do you want to keep yourself safe in God's love? Yes. Let's look at this. I'm going to kind of work this backwards. So how do we keep ourselves safe in God's love? 
We await the mercy of Jesus Christ who brings eternal life. We pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't just pray in the Spirit. We pray in the power. There is power distributed to us through the Holy Spirit. And uh, build each other up in your most holy faith. Those are the ways that we can stay safe in God's love. So let me read this passage again. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. And so we can build one another up. We can encourage one another. And we do that every time we gather together. Listen, we're family. This is a fellowship. We're about building one another up. One of our models is life-giving, life-changing, life relationships. Building relationships with one another. And what's our key? Our, our, uh, our what to say? What's our key? Live it. Live it. Let's go out and love one another. Let's be an example of the love of Christ. Okay, sorry, I'm getting off track here. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith, pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourself safe in God's love. Now let's go back to 1 Corinthians 14. 14. Paul continues to talk about praying in tongues, also known as a prayer language. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Okay, let me stop here for a moment. Is speaking different than praying? Hey, man, I really like that shirt. That, that's, a, that's an awesome shirt, man. You know, where where'd you get that? Yeah, or whatever. Okay, we can have a conversation versus, hey, I really like that shirt. Yeah, that's really cool. You know what? I just I want to pray with you. Can, can I pray with you? Lord God, I thank you for my friend. I pray that you would encourage him and strengthen him and fill him with the, the love of God. I pray that he would experience the gifts from your Holy Spirit. But see, speaking is different than praying. And so let's move on here. Let me say this too. Uh, well, let me go back to 1414. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Now, we've already talked about that speaking in tongues, there needs to be an interpretation, because if that's done in, in a general assembly, then people need to understand. But it doesn't say anything about an interpretation of, of our prayer language. Why? Because we're not speaking to people. Because we're speaking to God. Um, let me read this again. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. So you may be thinking, well, what's the point then? If I'm praying and I don't understand what I'm saying, we are strengthened personally when we pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith, pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, and then uh, in First. Corinthians 14, 14, it says, For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Let's read on in 15. Well then, what shall I do? I will pray in the spirit, and I will also pray in words I understand. So it's clear here that these are two different things. I will pray in the spirit, and I will pray with words I understand. Even though I don't understand what I'm saying, it benefits me because I'm my spirit is is connecting with God. Let, let, me, let me say this. I will pray in words I understand. When I pray in words I understand, it benefits others. Others can come into agreement with you or, or maybe, you know, whatever that looks like. But there are agreements as we pray with words that others understand. When I pray with understanding, I'm processing what's coming out of my mouth, though. 
I'm thinking about what I'm saying, right? I'm formulating a prayer. I'm formulating a sentence. I'm formulating words. I'm thinking about, did I say that word right or, you know, or whatever, right? So your mind is engaged in that prayer. So when we're praying with understanding, we're processing what's coming out of our mouth. Uh, when I pray in my spirit, my spirit, man, is praying. It's like bypassing my brain, my logic, my reasoning. It's my spirit that is connecting with God. So although I don't understand what I'm praying, it's my spirit, man, that's connecting with God. And it's okay. It really is. In other words, my brain is disengaged and my spirit is in, in direct communion with God, bypassing my thoughts and, and you know, because sometimes you'll be praying and, and you'll be thinking, I wonder what they're thinking. Or, have you ever prayed that and been in prayer and you're thinking, well, I don't pray as good as they do or, you know, whatever. So our thoughts, our mind is engaged when we're praying out loud. When we're praying in the Spirit, man, it's like all that stuff is gone. It's just, you're just communing directly with God. And it doesn't mean that you don't, when you pray in the Spirit, you're going to lose control and you turn into a zombie and do weird things. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means there's a greater intimacy with God when we pray in the Spirit. And my spirit is connecting with God's spirit. So I can pray with words I understand. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, so I'm praying with understanding. Now I can also pray with understanding quietly, right? Okay, so I can do the same thing and praying in the Spirit. I can pray out loud or I can pray quietly. I'm going to pray in the Spirit right now. Man, my spirit's is jumping. But, you know, I'm calm on the outside. I'm cool. I'm praying in the Spirit. So we can pray out loud. We can pray quietly. We can pray with words we understand. We can pray in the Spirit. Every Sunday morning, we gather at 9 o'clock here in the sanctuary, and we have a short little prayer for the service. So the people that are here, they join in, and we pray out loud so that we can come into agreement. We're praying, God, we pray for the teachers. We pray for the worship. We pray for the word that's going forth. We pray for everyone that will be attending, that their hearts will be open to receive, whatever that prayer looks like. Every Sunday morning before the service, I go in my office and I pray with words I understand. I also pray in the Spirit. And I pray, God, what, what is your burden for today? What is your heart? that you want me to deliver. Give me your burden. Give me your desire for what you want to say today. And I begin to pray in the Spirit. Because when we pray in the Spirit, it builds us up. Do you ever need to be built up? Okay. Verse 14 again. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Well then, what shall I do? I will pray in the Spirit, and I will pray in words I understand. Let's read on. I will sing in the Spirit, and I will sing, and I will also sing in words I understand. Okay, so Paul is drawing another parallel. He's giving us another example. These are clearly two different things. I will sing in the Spirit, and I will also sing in words I understand. So singing in the Spirit is singing to God. It's our spirit singing to Him. It's not for the benefit of others, because as we've read, people aren't going to understand. We don't even understand what we're saying. But it's our spirit man that is connecting with God and we're singing to him. I will also sing in words I understand. Hosanna. Right? So we can sing with words we understand. 
And we can sing with words, uh, we can sing in the Spirit. Now, singing in words, I understand, benefits others. Well, mostly, if you, if you sing well, okay? Let me break this down. We're a three-part being. We have a body, physical body, soul, which is our mind, our will, our intellect, our passions, our emotions. And then we have a spirit in us that connects with God. We have our spirit in us. And uh, when, we, when we die, uh, unless the Lord takes us home and comes back, uh, our physical body is going to return to dust, but our spirit man is going to live on. We are a spirit being encased in a physical body. Your spirit's going to live on forever. And in fact, I don't understand this, but in Jeremiah, uh, the Lord tells Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you in the womb. Before you were even had a physical body, I knew you. How did he know him? He, it must be spirit. Maybe it's soul too, but he, he has a spirit. And so our spirit will live on forever. And so it's, a, it's the part of, of us where our spirit is connecting with God through the Holy Spirit. So my first point this morning is God's gifts benefit us, and I'll add to that, and others too. Uh, a prayer language benefits us personally or builds us up personally. And my third point is the goal is authentic intimacy with God. That's the target. That's the goal. So let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 15 again. Well, then, what shall I do? I will pray in the Spirit, and I'll, I will also pray in words I understand. I will sing in the Spirit, and I'll, I will also sing with words I understand. It goes on to say in verse 16, For if you praise God only in the Spirit, how can those who don't understand you Praise God along with you. How can they join you in giving thanks when they don't understand what you are saying? You will be, okay, listen, catch this. You will be giving thanks very well, but it won't strengthen the people who hear you. Yeah. Now, Paul is not saying, he's not forbidding singing in tongues, but he's saying, and he's not saying they're bad, he's saying, what are the benefits? What's really happening here? The person that is singing is connecting with God. They're truly connecting with God. But others can't join in unless they're singing in the Spirit too. Because why? Because if, if Ariana was to come up here and start singing in the Spirit, she may be singing in a melody that you recognize, but uh, you wouldn't really be able to sing along. Why? Because her spirit is singing to God, connecting with God. However, when she stands up and sings with songs we understand, then we can all engage, we can all enter in, when drumsticks are flying, you know, so we can all enter in and we can sing to God. Okay, so verse 18, I thank God, Paul is saying, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. Paul's saying, listen, man, I speak in tongues more than any of you. But let's read on in verse 19. But in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. Paul is saying, speaking in tongues is a gift. Interpretation of tongues is a gift, but it's better, prophecy is better than speaking in tongues. Because, well, let's read on. Let me read this again, verse 19. But in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. And he's already talked about how um, that prophecy, what does it do? It builds up, it encourages, it brings comfort. So that's, that's the goal of prophecy, where speaking in tongues, unless it's interpreted, is, is really 
well, I'm getting ahead of myself the next week because he's going to talk about if, if there's no one to interpret, then you should just speak quietly or not interrupt. But uh, let, let's read on here. But, in, uh, but dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Paul's saying, be mature. Come on. I'm, I'm telling you straight up that singing in, in the Spirit is singing to God, singing in a, in a language that's understood other people can enter in, Praying in your spirit is connecting with God. Praying out loud benefits others, allows others to engage. Dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Be innocent as babies when it comes to evil, but be mature in understanding matters of this kind. Paul is saying, grow up. We need to grow up. You need to grow up, Corinthian church. You need to be innocent. You need to be pure when it comes to, to the things that are evil. You shouldn't be a master of those things, all right? You should be innocent and pure and, and not be involved in those things. But be mature in understanding matters of this kind. Be mature in your relationship with the Lord. Let's desire to grow deeper in the Lord. And again, some churches don't even touch these, these lessons and these teachings. But listen, they're important. We need to understand the Word of God. We need all of it. And especially... When it comes to the gifts, the things that the Lord wants to give to us, and when the Lord wants to work through our life, why would we put a block up for that? Well, let's not just talk about the Father and, and the Son, but let's talk about the Holy Spirit. Let's allow Him greater access into our life. The Holy Spirit's our helper. Why would we reject Him? 1 Corinthians 12, 1 again. Now, dear brothers and sisters, <clears throat> regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives, I don't want you to misunderstand this. 1 Corinthians 14, 20. Dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Be innocent as babies when it comes to evil, but be mature in understanding matters of this kind. Verse 21. It is written in the Scriptures, I will speak to my own people through strange tongues, strange languages, and through the lips of foreigners. But even then, they will not listen to me, says the Lord. So you can see that speaking in tongues is a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. And so, as we begin to take the Word of God to Israel, there are people that are coming to understand and receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, and understand that Jesus is the Messiah. And, uh, and God desires that His people be saved. That's why we pray for Israel on a regular basis. That's why we finance, as a church, we financially support ministries in Israel that are taking the gospel to the Jewish nation. It's important. They're his people, and uh, through them has come the word of God, and, and uh, through their lineage, Jesus, and all those kinds of things. Um, so anyway, it's written in the scriptures, I will speak to my own people through strange languages and through the lips of foreigners. But even then, they will not listen to me, says the Lord. But there are people that are listening now. Praise God. So you see that speaking in tongues is a sign not for the believers, but for unbelievers. Verse 22 continues. Prophecy, however, is for the benefit of believers, not unbelievers. Again, prophecy trumps speaking in tongues. Even so, if unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your church meeting, and hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they will think you are crazy. <laughs> Let's read on. But if all of you are prophesying, and unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your meeting, they will be convicted of sin and be judged by what you say. 
As they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed, and they will fall to their knees and worship God, declaring, God is truly here among you. The word says it will not return void without accomplishing what it was sent to do. So if they come into a meeting and they're hearing the word of God and the, the presence of God is here, the Holy Spirit is here, he's doing something. As we teach the word of God, God is doing something. His Holy Spirit is touching something. And if you were to come in and there was a, I mean, it wouldn't even have to be a really a prophetic service. As we teach the word of God, someone may be convicted and say, man, that's me. I know I need the Lord in my life now. Or if someone was giving a word of prophecy. Uh, I mean, I've, I've seen so many people give words of prophecy that have been so right on it, even just in my own life, and it's changed my heart. And so maybe someone comes in and somebody has a word, and it doesn't have to be from the platform or anything. It could just be, man, I just really sense that, uh, that you're going through something right now, and I feel like the Lord's telling me that it's going to be okay, that you're going to get that other job, and you know, or whatever. I don't know what this means. I'm just telling you what the Lord is speaking. And that may change your life. It may be right on. It may be exactly what they needed. And they may say, man, how did you know that? How did you know that? The Spirit of God, man, I want, I want to connect with this God. I want a relationship with this God that you have. If he can do that for me, that's what I want. And so it, it, there's no telling what the Lord can do. As they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed, maybe to themselves. Maybe they didn't realize that they had been uh, holding in bitterness and anger for something that happened to them. And so their inner thoughts are being exposed, and God says, I can take care of that. I can heal that. You, you can trust me to forgive them and, and walk in the grace and the forgiveness. You know, I can bring help and healing and wholeness to your life for those, those wounds that have been there that maybe you didn't even know were so deep that were so suppressed and I'm pulling that stuff out, and I'm backfilling it with, with my love. You never know how the Lord's going to work. So my three points are God's gifts benefit us and others. A prayer language builds us up personally. And the goal is authentic intimacy with God. Ephesians 2a, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. 